Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Polly. Welcome to the program. This is Polly Campbell, Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And today we're going to talk about the psychology of that. The three things we can do to make change and uncertainty easier to live with, to actually roll through change and use it to our advantage instead of getting all upset and anxious about it. I'm really interested in this topic overall. I think I have been my whole life because I'm very interested in the question of what works and why some people, when faced with the same situation, freak out, and others display great resilience and thrive. Or we all know people who've had incredible hardship in their lives, and they tend to be very positive and upbeat. They have great things happen to them despite the adversity. We know other people who break a nail and they lose their minds, right? Now, I can be both of those. (laughs) It depends on the day. It depends on what's going on in my life. But I've always been interested in this question about what's that line? How can we all be a little more adaptive so we don't live with the degree of stress that happens when the world changes? We've seen this happen a lot during the pandemic, especially at the peak of the pandemic. You know, it, it hasn't been easy for anyone. And yet these incredible things are being created People are volunteering more. They've changed their work environment in a way that's more suited to their family and their needs and their lifestyle. And others uh, have worried and complained and felt anxious. I don't think there's any one right way to do this. How you do it is how you do it. However, for me personally, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to face every challenge with great anxiety and stress because challenge is a part of life. Change is a part of life. So I'm really interested in what we can do to roll with it better. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, right now. There's been a huge new study published within the last little bit, and it was directed in part by Stephen C. Hayes. He is a professor at the Department of Psychology at the University of Nevada, Reno, and he's the creator, developer, founder, uh, psychologist behind ACT therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy that's been around and become really the norm in counseling and therapeutic treatment probably over the last 20 years. And for my first book, Imperfect Spirituality, I got to interview Dr. Hayes and he is fantastic. He gave me one of the most important pieces of information I've ever received in my life. And I love it. I still use it today. I've shared it on the show. And it's this, when your mind is feeling overwhelmed by obsessive thoughts, when you're worried and you're stewing over the same idea over and over, the best way through that is to identify those thoughts, to look at them as though they are the noisy kids in the backseat of the car. 
and you're the driver. Remember, I've shared this before. He said, imagine you're in the car, the kids are in the back seat, you're driving the car, you know where you want to go, you're headed that direction, and you hear these kids fighting and complaining and yelling and laughing in the back seat. And they can be distracting. But you can notice those thoughts, you can notice those noises coming from the back seat of your brain and just keep right on track driving to your destination. When we try to suppress our thoughts, that's when they take hold, right? We, we can't just say, no, I'm not going to think about that anymore because our brain has to cycle around and remember what we're supposed to not be thinking about. But when we acknowledge those beliefs or obsessive thoughts concerning ideas, when we say, hey, 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 I see you. I see you, then we're able to put our attention elsewhere and continue right on. That has helped me more than I can say in my life. It's really changed a lot of things for me. And the work he's done recently with colleagues like Stefan Hoffman at Boston University and Joe Sierroki at Australian Catholic University and others has culminated in this huge study with over 200 findings on 73 different factors and one of the largest reviews of research ever done. And I think he's awesome. So I was really in uh, the study that they did where they looked at 55,000 other pieces of information, other studies, and they reviewed that to find out what contributes to positive change? What helps people get through the dark stuff, right? And what they found, obviously, is there's not one single set of skills. There's a, a toolbox that we use, uh, the way we think about things, the way we move through the world that help us through the ups and downs of life. But the biggest thing, there's one thing that stands above all else, and that's our psychological flexibility. What they found in research, which they call the Death Star Project, because they said it was so overwhelming. And you can read this more in his article on psychology today, which I'm going to list in the show notes uh, in the intro. So you can go ahead and find the link to that site. And also in my Substack newsletter, because I think it's so valuable. There's not just one way we can change and deal with adversity in our life because adversity comes in many different contexts, right? So we need to adapt and, and find our way through. But there is one single set of skills that is more effective than anything else. Remember, they looked at 55,000, actually to be specific, 54,633 studies to learn what worked and what didn't all the accumulative information on the topic over the years. And the one thing that came to the top is psychological flexibility. I've talked about it on this show. We talk about agility. Our ability to identify what's going on in the moment, become present to it, understand and experience that, and then move forward and find meaning. So after this comprehensive review of all these psychological studies, Dr. Hayes and the others found that psychological flexibility and mindfulness skills, which come out of that, we're gonna talk about that in the moment, are the most effective and common pathway to help you not only manage change, but adapt and change yourself 
to cope with the circumstances in your life, to enjoy it more, to improve, to feel better. Here's what Dr. Hayes says in his article on psychology today. Psychological flexibility is the single most commonly founded skill of importance to your mental health and emotional well-being. Whether you suffer from anxiety, depression, addiction, or any other kind of mental distress, psychological flexibility helps you deal with these issues more effectively and move your life in a meaningful direction. That's pretty powerful stuff. And I'm relieved to read this, right? These are the, the top experts in the world who have evaluated thousands and thousands of people pieces of material and reviews and studies. And this is what it boils down to. And the reason I'm relieved is because we can do this stuff. Probably doing it automatically in many cases. If if you find yourself to be resilient and able to get knocked down and get back up and, and shift and move with the, with the flow of life and get help when you need it, that demonstrates some psychological flexibility. We can do this. It's there for us. It's not about chasing happiness or making more money, or finding Mr. Right or Ms. Right. It's not about buying things or being different than you are. It's about adapting and being flexible in what is, and then doing what it takes to thrive through it, right? Doesn't that make sense? So how do we do that? How do we create this level of psychological flexibility and mindfulness in our own lives? so that we can thrive? That's what we're going to talk about right here when we come back to Polly Campbell Simply Said on the best business network of Electricast. And we are back. This is Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy on the best business network of Electricast. Because we really want to get into the the psychology, the mindset, the habits and behaviors we can adapt to do better at work and at home, to create the work that is meaningful to us and live the lives we want to live. And after an exhaustive study of nearly 55,000 pieces of psychological research, Dr. Stephen Hayes and others found that there is one big factor in doing this on creating change in our lives and expanding and growing and dealing with adversity. And they say that the key, the thing that sets everything else up is psychological flexibility. Our ability to adapt and change and accept and create and have fun. I'm adding that part on because I think this comes down to really living our lives on the terms that we want. Having that kind of emotional, psychological autonomy to do that. It turns out psychological flexibility is one of the most common and important habits, approaches, skills that we can utilize to create the lives we want to create. So that's what we're talking about today. Makes sense, right? And there are some ways to get at this. It, it ties in with uh, mindfulness and those other things. And Dr. Hayes goes into it in his great article on psychology today. I've listed a link to that article in the show intro. So take a look and get more. I'm also going to be writing about it in my notes, simply said notes. You can find those at Polly Campbell substack.com and this is where I take uh, some of these habits and ideas and thoughts and and 
kind of talk about how I apply them to my own life, how they work and don't work for me and, and provide some information, uh, extra information behind the scenes stuff um, about how they might show up in everyday life. So join me there. It's free, polycampbell.substack.com and we'll get into it. Also, if you sign up right now, if you subscribe right now, you can uh, enter to win a free book. There's a couple more, there's a couple more weeks left in the contest. So make sure you check that out. We're in August, 2022, as I'm taping this and, um, I'm giving away free books until the end of August. So check it out. Polycampbell.substack.com. Okay. Let's get into it. What are we talking about when we say psychological flexibility? The term I heard originally years ago was called mental agility. And I have rheumatoid arthritis. I am not agile or flexible with anything, but I've really learned to be flexible in the way I think. And it helps with so many things because it's when we're rigid, when we think there has to be a right and wrong, that then we don't have much wiggle room. So when life hands us a pandemic or a fussy kid or a job loss or divorce or a new opportunity, a new job opportunity or vacation or some mechanism, good or bad, some incident, good or bad, that we have to respond to, if we're stuck in our rigid mindset, we're not going to be very effective in rolling with the punches. And life always comes out swinging for good or for bad. New things show up every day. So this is huge to learn how to cultivate our uh, a more flexible mindset and approach. All right, here are some ways to do it. These are from Dr. Hayes and some other sources. We've talked about it before too. And I really think all of this starts with awareness. You have to know where you are, right? What is going on? How are you feeling about it? Tune in to the moments of your life. Become present. That's a big, and this goes to the mindfulness equation because you have to become present to what's going on in your life. You know, I've met people all the time and I've, I've shared the example where they come up to me and say they're unhappy in their job and, and they need a change and, and this isn't their passion and blah, blah, blah. Yet there are many factors in their job that they really enjoy. They have a lot of freedom. They like their coworkers. The money's good, even if they hate the work, whatever it is. They've gone down this path of rigid thinking where they're aware of what isn't working. They're looking at things from one view. Now, we all do this. I absolutely have done this. I'll get stuck in a mindset where I'm only looking from, at things from one perspective, right? So this awareness begins with us becoming present to what is right now. Today, I came into the office and I've been on vacation and I, I felt really overwhelmed. I have a huge to-do list. My desk has stuff all over it. I'm starting a new project, which I'm excited to tell you about when it's time. And these new things are coming up. And I was just sitting there feeling overwhelmed, looking at all that I have to get done this week. And that's not effective. That paralyzes me when I'm overwhelmed. So I just stopped and I took a look at the list of all the great new things happening and the fun stuff coming up ahead and how much I'm looking forward to some of the things on the list. And it helped me become aware of my present moment. That doesn't take all the pressure off. Of course, I feel pressure of deadlines and, and financial situations and uh, meetings that I need to prepare for and all of that stuff. But it did help me be more fully aware of all 
the current circumstances. It helped me to become present to the reality that is now and open to that in a way that was no longer negative. It was more freeing. Like, oh, okay, here's what we're playing with. Another way I like to do this is a very mindful approach. And that is just ground yourself in your environment. So take off your shoes if you can, sit up straight, look out the window, put your hands on your on your knees or on your desk or where, and just settle into your body and use all of your senses, including your sixth sense, to notice your feelings, your environment, what the dust feels like, what it smells like with the summer air coming in through the window, what the floor feels like on your feet, what the weight of your body feels like in the chair, Tune in with all your senses. What do you smell and taste and see and hear? And root yourself in the present moment. When we are able to do that, not only do we diffuse in an instant the obsessive thoughts and, and the feelings of overwhelm and upset that might be cycling through, but we also relax. And that allows for clarity. With that clarity, we have a new perspective, right? We can look and say, oh yeah, I do have a lot on my to-do list, but hey, they don't all have to be achieved today. And there's some really fun stuff here. And I'm also uh, going golfing this afternoon or meeting a friend for lunch tomorrow. And, and it starts to transform the situation into something better, something manageable, something interesting, rather than simply being stuck in the rigid mindset of, oh my goodness, I have too much to do and no time to do it. So a part of flexibility, a flexible mindset, psychological flexibility is really to become aware. And then as Dr. Hayes writes, then open to it. Open to your feelings and your thoughts and experiences and beliefs in that moment. Now, listen, crap comes down, right? I don't feel great about everything every minute of every day. And that's okay. That's not what we're talking about. We're not going to whitewash the realities of the world. Change is hard. There is stress. There is adversity that we face every day. But we're talking about managing that adversity with a, a new kind of flexibility, a new mindset that'll help us cope with it. So part of doing that is to recognize and to open to your feelings, good or bad, to allow yourself to feel the negative, the difficult emotions, to experience them, to not work, not behave from them, right? To, but to be with them and, and to recognize like those noisy kids in the back seat, we can hear them and still keep going. It's okay to feel that and still progress through our life. And that's absolutely part of this mental flexibility, this flexible mindset that can help us cope with greater adversity. We all know what it's like to suppress our feelings, our stress, our anger, our worry. It doesn't work. We keep cycling back to it, right? Our mind wants to figure out if we're processing. So it's okay to become aware of those thoughts. And then at some point in that experience, in and this is part of mindfulness, when I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling really worried about helping my daughter with this challenge. I'm feeling really worried about where the next client's coming from or nervous about meeting my book deadline, whatever it is, I can call it out. I can explore that a little bit. I don't have to behave badly from that. I don't have to be mad at anyone or rant at anyone. But clarity comes from that. And it makes it clearer to see what I need to do next to manage that. And often just sitting with that feeling for a second and recognizing, oh yeah, I did have my feelings hurt. That's what's going on is enough 
to move forward with it. Sometimes beyond it. Sometimes that just diffuses it for me because most of the things are not that big of a deal. But when we suppress or fail to recognize, they just keep coming back stronger and stronger and stronger until they get our attention. I don't want to live in that place of uh, icky feelings. I want to learn from them and grow from them. And that's actually the third part of really cultivating this flexible mindset as these psychologists have discovered in their research. And uh, that's really about meaningful participation. And we've talked about this before because I would much rather participate in this life and take on all kinds of things, bad and good, and <laughs> crash and burn than sit on the sidelines wondering what it would have been like. In a, in a real tangible thing, I did this with kayaking this year. I've always wanted to go kayaking. I was afraid to do it. My body doesn't work right. I was afraid I couldn't get in the boat and I would look foolish and all these things. Finally, I decided Heck with that. I'm tired of wondering if I can do this, if I would enjoy it, what what it's like. And I went kayaking and it was awesome. It opened up all kinds of things, boosted my self-esteem. I've had some interesting experiences that I wouldn't have otherwise had had I not been out on the water, developed connection with my husband who goes with me too. Just all kinds of things came from that that I couldn't have anticipated because I engaged. I participated in my life. So what does that mean emotionally, psychologically? You know, participation is engaging with those negative feelings, those difficult emotions. Like we talked about, often we want to dumb or move on, ignore, right? That doesn't work. So that's part of participating. But it also means creating value and meaningful participation in your life knowing what you want and going after that, knowing what you value, the things that are important to you, the people and and experiences that you value no matter how they turn out. Had I hated kayaking, that would have been a meaningful experience anyhow because I'd done something that I wasn't sure if I could do. So I created meaning in my life and that goes to one of my values. I want to live I want to participate. I don't want to miss out because I'm afraid, right? How do you get into this? How do you determine what's meaningful to you and and become engaged with those things? Well, first of all, I recommend a values assessment. I do this every year because we outgrow our values. My values when my daughter was five are different now that she's 16. I still value family. It's still one of the top on the list. But the way that shows up in my life looks different because she's more independent and she needs me in a different way. And also, um, family used to be first on my list. It isn't. It's probably this year, it'll probably be about fourth. Because what I've been reminded of year after year is if I'm not healthy, then nothing else really matters because I can't engage with my family the way I want. I can't do the things that they need to support them. I need to be physically healthy. And I've spent a lot of time the last few years working on this. And um, I'm going through some other changes now where it's going to become uh, move up the spot to number one again. My my writing is something I value because that's an opportunity for my own growth and learning and contribution to the world. I want to do something meaningful and make a positive difference here on the planet. So 
Do a values assessment. Know what matters to you. There are no wrong answers. Nobody's going to judge. You don't even have to tell people. But know what matters to you so you can live close to those places, right? Once you know what you value right now, and as I said, values can change as our life emerges and changes. Once you know what you value, you can take steps to live closer to that. And that brings you into alignment with greater meaning in your life, greater openness and flexibility. That naturally happens. Listen, life is not always going to go our way. And that's okay. Because when we live with a flexible mindset, we can experience all of it. We can participate and engage with life in a meaningful way, do the things that matter to us so that we can learn and grow no matter what the outcomes are. And we can develop some resilience and learn how to be comfortable with our emotions, the ups and downs. And in that, when we can learn to be with those, there's a lot of growth and learning that can happen because emotions are cues. Feelings are cues that can point us closer to the things we value, right? Surround yourself with people who are also doing the same. This is why I write the essays on Substack, to, to keep close to these ideas and practices so that I can use them in my life. I want to share them with you because I believe the, in them and, and they excite me. I'm inspired by them. And when I share them, I feel that connection. And, and that's important to me because when we come together to talk about these ideas, we inspire each other. And this this psychological flexibility, this flexible mindset is so exciting to me because we can start it right now simply by becoming aware with what we're experiencing and what we're feeling, becoming mindful to those moments, open to all of it, the good and the bad, the feelings, the experiences, the decisions, the people, open to all of it and then move closer to the things that add meaning to our life and value to our lives, right? We've got to roll with the punches because life comes out swinging. But by being flexible, we can adapt and move and experience all of this by just invoking these three things. And when we can do that, we will all live well, do good and be happy. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.